Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossed.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to talk to us a little bit today. You know, in Ephesians, he says, God says that he, he gave gifts to the church. He gave apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. And we call that the five-fold ministry. But he gave us those gifts. Those are gifts that he has given to the body so that the body can be equipped. Because there's ministry to be done. Ministry in here. There's ministry to be done in Walmart. There's ministry to be done at the gas station. There's ministry to be done around the Thanksgiving table. There's ministry. And we are all called to be ministers. This right here and that right there is not the only ministry. Y'all are called to be ministers everywhere that you go. Everywhere. Sage said it, we are carriers of the presence of God. And that's not supposed to be a scary thing. This is what we're called to do. This is our purpose on the earth. This is what he placed us here for, to carry him into the darkness because we are the light. Hallelujah. Where is that scripture that says, as he is in the world, so am I. So whatever Jesus was in this world, that's what we are. Because he lives on the inside of us. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it's not like I have to produce anything. What can I produce? Yeah. Yeah. As I was in there in the office one day and I was like, God, I just really need to hear you. I just need to hear you. And all I heard was 1 John 4. So I started reading 1 John 4. And in that he says, He that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. And sometimes we use that and it's just like a cliche. We don't really get it. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I'm going, I'm going, hallelujah, the greater one lives on the inside of us, the greater one, and we just draw on him, and he produces whatever it is that he wants to produce, whatever he wants to say, whatever he wants to do, he's the one that does it, hallelujah, I want us to look at John 10, and verse 27, I'm going to go somewhere, okay? 
<laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I just love it when God, when we have experiences with God, you know, an experience with him is so, you can't take an experience away. You cannot. A man with an experience trumps somebody with an argument every day, every day. John 10 one thing I would like to say is the word just walked in here. The word walked in here and he ministered. He ministered through Karen. He ministered through Apostle. He ministered already. He's been amongst us. The word became flesh and he walked amongst us. It's exciting to me because the word walked in amongst us. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that, that you walked in, that you touched our bodies, you touched our souls, you touched our spirits today. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. John 10, 27 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. We quote that all the time, too. My sheep hear my voice. But it goes on and says, they follow me. My sheep follow me. I'm just going to let it sink in for a second. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Oh, and then it goes on and says, and I give them eternal life. And they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. We are safe in Him. But I want to look at that word, follow me. They follow me. See, what we're doing, we're... Sunday morning is to equip, okay? We're just equipping the, the saints. That word follow him is one who proceeds. You follow the one who proceeds. So someone goes f first, and we follow, like in the same steps. You join him as his attendant. Accompany him. Join as his disciple. The word follow means to accompany specifically as a disciple. A disciple is a learner, a pupil. But there's another disciple. And that one <laughs> is one who forms an attachment to the teacher. So you can be a disciple, and that means you go to class, and you take notes, and you can pass the test. But then you have disciples that form an attachment to the teacher. And when you form an attachment to the teacher, you connect with that teacher, and you become like that teacher. The teachings 
of that teacher is what you use to conduct your life. You know, when we went to Israel, you can see all different kinds of sects, S-E-C-T-S. The rabbi is the teacher. And according to what this person looks like, how they act, how they eat, how they dress, is according to what rabbi they're following. We were there in October. It's beautiful weather. It's like 85 degrees, sun shining. You know, I mean, it was, it was comfortable if you didn't have a black fur coat and black hat on, black fur hat on. You know, if we're dressed like this, it was comfortable. But there were some of these Jewish men who followed a particular rabbi, and it's 85 degrees, and they have on a long black coat and a fur hat. And they have their long sideburns, you know. Some of them didn't dress like that. Okay? It was according to whatever rabbi they followed because they formed an attachment to their rabbi. Who is our rabbi? Come on. He said, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. They form an attachment to me. <laughs> they form an attachment to me, and they take my teachings, and my teachings conduct their life. Come on. Hallelujah. I want to form such an attachment to him that I look like him, I walk like him, I talk like him, I smell like him, I eat what he says eat, I don't eat what he says don't eat, I go where he says go, do what he says do, conduct every part of life according to his teaching. But I got to know what he teaches. Personally, I got to know what he teaches. It's not just that I come to church and my teacher or my pastor or someone, you know, teaches me something. I have to form that attachment myself to him. And I have to go after him. Amen? You take their teachings and you make them a part of your life. That's what the word means, to follow him. We're going to go a little bit more. Let's go over here to, oh, that's Matthew, Matthew 7. Whoa, thank you, Jesus. We form an attachment to you, God. Matthew 7 and verse 13. All this is read. <laughs> that means Jesus spoke it. He said, enter by the narrow gate. Hmm. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate 
for straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leads to life. Now, this way leads to life, and there are few who find it. Let's look at some of these words. Y'all want to look at some of these words? Way. Way. He says, enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way. Then he says, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way. Way is a road traveled. It's a course of conduct, a way or manner (laughs) of thinking, a manner of feeling, a manner of deciding. He's talking about more than just a road you travel. He says that narrow is the gate and straight is the way or backwards, vice versa is the way of your thinking. See, there's a broad way of thinking today. A broad way of thinking. A broad way of a a manner of life. A broad way of conduct. But the end of that way is destruction. Proverbs 16.25 says, There is a way, and it is the same definition there's a way of thinking there's a way of conducting your life that seems right to a man but the end of that is death but he says right here i remember we just read that my sheep hear my voice and i know them and they follow me so you have a little deeper understanding of what the word follow means right and then we come over here and he's talking about this this path that we have to take if we want life then we have to we have to go this way because straight is the gate and narrow is the way y'all know what that word narrow means pressed as a grape (laughs) come on pressed as a grape He said, narrow is the way to life. And when you're on this way to life, you're going to be pressed. There's going to be some pressing going on. That's why why they say it's difficult. It's just because I'm going to get some pressing. Pressing. Same thing in John 15. He's going to prune me. He's going to cut me. But there's life. There's life. At this way. Whenever we press those grapes, what do we get? New wine. New wine. New wine. We say it all the time. Salvation is free, but you're going to (laughs) pay for the anointing. You're going to pay for the glory. You're going to pay for this. It is so worth it because God will use you. He will use you. He will take your life and he will press you a little bit. He's going to press you a little bit and then he's going to pour his wine out on other people. But you get to drink too. Hallelujah. 
I get to drink too. Because I believe with everything in me, Karen, that you received healing today. As you poured out healing to the body of Christ, I believe that he touched your body and he healed you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Because someone already said it, if you make it happen for somebody else, he's going to make it happen for you. He makes it happen. Hallelujah. I don't know. I think we get it. It's a good deal. I think it's a pretty good deal. A little pressing. Yes. It says um, to suffer tribulation. Well, you know what? This is what I decided. <laughs> Y'all want to know what I decided? I decided that the word said I'm going to have some tribulation anyway. So I might as well get something out of it. Come on. I might as well get a little new wine out of it. I might as well get some life out of it. But what happens when I go through that pressing and that tribulation determines what I get out of it. Someone said, I, I was listening to one of these, one of my favorite preachers outside of Freedom Ministry preachers. Freedom Ministries is my favorite preachers. And then you can listen to a couple. I do not recommend that you listen to a bunch because it will bring some confusion. You stay close to the vision. Stay close to what God has put you in. Okay, that was free. Thank you, Jesus. I forgot where I was going. Oh, thank you. And he said, when you squeeze me, you should get Jesus out. Jesus should come out when I'm squeezed. If something else, and how do we get squeezed? When someone cuts me off in the traffic, when, when someone is driving slow and they won't get out of my way and I'm in a hurry because I'm late, you know, and I'm like, oh, come get out of my way. Livy, Livy will, in the back seat, Livy will go, move. <laughs> Ain't even nobody back there. She, you know, she don't know what's going on. She'll be, move. But it, and it's funny and cute. But whenever I'm in that pressure situation, huh? <laughs> yeah. whenever I'm in that pressure situation and, you know, uh, uh, something comes out of my mouth that I don't want Jesus hearing, you know, I'm, I'm being squeezed. Well, well, what's coming out of me? You know, I am the fruit of the Spirit. So if you squeeze an orange, you should get orange juice. If you got something else, you would be like, no, this ain't right. Something's wrong. And that's the way we should be. When I am squeezed, pressures of life get me. Whenever something besides Jesus comes out, I need to be like, oh, what's, oh my God, what's wrong? Hit them altars. God, show me why did prune juice come out? <laughs> why did pickle juice come out? That's what most of us yeah, you know, we give pickle juice when we get squeezed. Thank you, Jesus.
But we're going to suffer tribulation anyway because he said in this life you're going to have trials and tribulations. But he said, don't be afraid because I have overcome. So in him, if I just hear his voice and I follow him in the way that we know what follow means now, whenever I follow him, then I'm pulling him into me and I'm pulling his teachings into me. Right? And then whenever I get squeezed, I can produce some Jesus juice instead of the pickle juice. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Then he goes on and he says in 15 Beware of false prophets. Who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. Can I tell you that in these days, we are in the last days. And in these days, the word says that that people are going to fall away from sound doctrine. They're not going to want to hear it. People do not want to hear that you are going to be pressed if you want life. All they want to hear is you get in a new car, the blessings of the Lord overtake you. Life is going to be great. It's a bed of roses. Roses got thorns. They got some thorns. And we need to know what to do when we get stuck by a thorn. Because life is good with him. Life is good. I am living my best life right now. And every now and then, a thorn pokes me. And every once in a while, I bleed because of it. But I'm living my best life. Better than I've ever lived before. Because of him. Because of who he is. Because I hear his voice and I've decided to follow him decided that I'm going to know what this says. I'm going to dig into it myself. And you know what? It's not, there's not an excuse. Used to, pastors really were kind of the only ones that even knew how to study the Bible. But Google knows everything. And you can Google anything. You can Google, what does this word mean in Hebrew? Guess what? It tells you. So you get, you can study. You can start pulling those things out. You can start learning how to do all of that. We don't have any excuse anymore because it is in my hand at all times with my phone. So I can study. Hallelujah. I can. I can learn what God is saying. I can learn what he wants to do through me, in me. By me, for me. Thank you, Jesus, because he does partner with us. Hallelujah. Second Timothy 2.15 says that we are to study to show ourselves approved. Unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Well, now, Keith and I was talking about this the other day, and then I went to prayer, and Apostle Angie was talking about this, (laughs) and then I turned on one of those preachers, you know, 
And he was talking about this, and I'm like, okay, okay, well, let's talk about this. Whenever we study to show ourselves approved, study just really means that I give an ear to what he's saying. I, I, I just, I really try to understand what you're saying to me, God. What does this verse mean? What are you really saying? Because someone said, I'll just hit this. Someone said um, to me not too long ago, but women ain't supposed to preach. So why are you doing it? That's a thorn. Because it was completely unexpected. You know, you're not expecting something like that, you know. Sometimes we, uh, you know, we can go in a place and we kind of expect, you know, that mm, he's going to try to poke me a little bit. But I wasn't expecting that. And so, and it was. It was like a, you know. So, you don't say too much, you know, because I'm not going to get up in nobody's face and try to change their mind because that ain't Jesus. There ain't no Jesus in that. But then whenever we went to the conference that night, I heard um, Heidi Baker say, if God can use a donkey, surely he can use a daughter. And I'm like, oh, man, I wish I'd heard that before, you know, because that was so good. But we, I have to get in this word and I have to find out what he's talking about. What is he saying? Why? What? It, he does say that over here. But over here it says your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy. So what, if the word seems as though it contradicts itself, because God never contradicts itself, himself, never. So I have to get in here and I have to find out what are you saying what do you mean by this right here? Because over here you said I could prophesy. See why one of the reasons why we have to study to show ourselves approved. I have to have an understanding of what God is saying. And I'm sorry, but you're not going to get that just on Sunday morning. This is for you. I am trying to equip you to study his word to grab a hold of his word and pull that thing into you. And when you don't understand something, you pray about it, you start digging into the meanings of this word and what does that mean, and, and then you call somebody if you still don't understand. You see, but you have to, you have to develop that for yourself. I can't develop it for you. I can't develop it for you. Um... The word show, to show yourself approved, it means to present, you know, or to show or to bring. It means to bring into fellowship or intimacy. I'm supposed to study. I'm supposed to dig around in his word so that I can be brought into intimacy with him. I don't know. That's all I've ever cried out for is intimacy with you, God. I just want intimacy with you. His prayer was that we become one. There's only one way to become one, and that's intimacy. It's the same thing as a husband and a wife become one. It's through intimacy. And that's what all of our hearts cry for. Every single person that has ever done a drug that wanted to numb their self like you were talking about, we are crying out for intimacy. 
That's what we're crying out for. Everyone who is angry, everyone who is bitter, everyone who is mad at the world, they are crying out for intimacy. Because we were created for intimacy with the Father. And when we don't get that, we lash out in every way. In every way. That's why there's murderers. That's why there's so much hate. That's why all of this stuff is happening that's happening right now. Because we don't have intimacy with the Father. And that's the church's fault because the church has not taught us how to get that. We get that on our faces, worshiping Him. And we get that by looking and delving into his word and saying, I hear your voice, God, and I'm going to follow you. I am going to make your teachings a part of my life. I'm going to pull them into my life, and I'm going to look like you before this thing is over. I'm going to act like you. When you speak to me, when I'm out there, I'm going to obey you. I'm going to obey the written word. Well, i got to read it to find out what it says. I'm going to obey the spoken word. But i got to get close to you so I recognize your voice. He said, my sheep hear my voice. So I'm supposed to be hearing his voice. And I believe a lot of times we hear his voice, but we are not intimate with him. And so we don't understand that that's him. I really believe that. And then when we come here on Sundays, that's what we're to do. We're to equip you. Equip you so that you can on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday hear God for yourself. You become intimate with Him. You become familiar with His voice. You are familiar with his word. And then when you come in here on Sunday morning, you got something to bring. Hallelujah. Because that's the way the church of Acts is supposed to be run. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are in operation. Some come with a doctrine and one comes with a word and one comes with a song. And everybody got something. And it was so chaotic, Paul had to say, look, y'all, you got to stop this. I know y'all got, everybody got something from God, but I only need three or four of y'all to speak, okay? That's kind of what happened today. Thank you, Jesus. Operating in the acts of Holy Ghost. Woo! I love it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for the church operating through Holy Ghost. There's complete life in that. Everyone gets what they need. Everyone. And, and, and to me, what I need is to be used by Him. That's what I need. I need to be used by Him. I need to feel His power flow through me. I need to feel the anointing of God come up on me when I open my mouth. I, that's what I need. I need to know that that he is using me and he is pleased and and he's happy and he's like, y'all did it good today. Thank you for letting me come in and have my way. Thank you that you don't put me in no box. He don't fit in no box. Thank you, Jesus, that he don't fit in no box. 
And for me to find myself approved means I am accepted and pleasing. The word, the Greek word is actually doikimos. That's probably not the correct way to say it. Dokimos. I don't know whom. That's the way it's spelled. Dokimos. <laughs> Who knows if that's how you say it. We don't speak Greek. But, but in that day, the coins, the money was, was melted down metal and it was poured into a, a little mold. And then you had to take it out and you had to shave it and, and whittle on it and make it smooth, you know. And um, there were money changers that were crooked as I don't know what. Yeah, always has been. But there were money changers, and they were called doikimos. These money changers were called doikimos. And they were men of integrity. They would not use that money if it didn't weigh the right weight. That was their version of counterfeit money. And they would not use it. And they were doikimos. And so us as Christians, as a follower of Jesus Christ, my life has to be doikimos. I have to have a life of integrity. I have to not use those things that ain't quite right. I have to be prepared when I'm fixing to do something. I got to be prepared. I have to. Prepare myself when I am going to be used. That's what we were talking about, you know, that so many times we, we say we'll do something and then we don't prepare. And then that's what I heard um, Robert Morris say. You know, a lot of churches, they, um, they blame their unpreparedness on the Holy Ghost by saying, well, we just let the Spirit move. We just free. We let the Holy Ghost do. We do too. We do too. But I guarantee you, Apostle was prepared. I am prepared. Pastor Dana was prepared. Elder Sandra was prepared. You know, we're prepa- we prepare ourselves for whatever it is he wants to do and wherever it is he wants to go. And when we are prepared, then we, we're a little more sensitive to what the Spirit of God wants to do. And so he's not put in a box, and he is free to move and do whatever through whomever. Amen? So whenever you go over to Ephesians 6, and we all know this. We all know this scripture, Ephesians 6. I'm talking about how we prepare ourselves to follow Jesus Christ. That's what we as individual Christian is to do. Ephesians 6, verse 11. It says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles. Y'all know that word right there? That's tricks. That's little tricks. That's him sitting up here and going in your ear, telling you you ain't no good, telling you or telling you they ain't no good. It's not just what he tells you about you. It's what he tells you about them. They belong to God, and you better leave they alone. Okay. It says, for we, see, we put on the whole armor of God so that we can stand against those tricks of the enemy and how he comes and tries to, you know, mess with us. 
For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, and because of that, that's what therefore means, because of that you take up the whole armor of God. When God says something twice, he means for you to listen. It's important. When he says something twice, he wants you to listen to him. And so he says twice in this right here, to put on the whole armor of God, that you are able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand. Because you have girded your waist with truth. What the world does that mean? Whenever I gird my waist with truth, that means I equip myself with knowledge of the word. Study. Follow the teachings of. Okay? I gird my waist with truth. And I have that breastplate of righteousness. And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And this is the one that we, we were talking about all weekend. That preparation. Whenever I do something, I must prepare for it. Whenever you shod, having my feet shod with the preparation of the gospel, that shod, they would take um, like a leather, something that was pretty sturdy, and they would put it underneath their feet, and then they would wrap it. They would tie leather straps around it and go up their leg, and that's how they had shoes. But they took the truth... <laughs> They prepared their self, and they took that truth, and they tied it to their feet. The preparation of the gospel of peace. And when we were at prayer the other day, and I'm going to tell Pastor Robert what Pastor Robert saw. And if he was here, I'd ask him. And I know he'd say, okay. But he's not here, so I'm going to tell him anyway. But Pastor Robert saw this, that when we prepare ourselves, we have peace before we minister. But if we don't prepare ourselves, that's why we're shaky. There's no peace in it. And so I'm shaky and I don't know, you know. And so I have to prepare myself if I want to have peace. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. That was pretty good. It was real good. Well, preparation means just simply the act of preparing. You prepare yourself. You make yourself ready. If you, if, if Mandy has got meetings with I don't know who she has meetings with for all the city officials and stuff like that. She has to be ready when she goes in there for that meeting. And if not, it's kind of chaotic, you know. And so whenever we are children of God and we are followers of him, whenever I say I'm going to do something, then I must prepare myself. I must be ready for it. I have to Prepare myself in prayer and the word. And hearing God and knowing where he wants to go and then acting on that. Amen. So he says that we are supposed to put on this armor so that we can prepare ourselves. He says, above all, in 16, taking the shield of faith. Y'all know that shield was the size of a door? It was the size of a door. The shield of faith will protect you. And I love the movie 300 because 
whenever they, they, their shields was the size of a door, but my shield protected you, and his shield protected me. And we were all covered. We covered each other. And that's a picture of Christianity. That's a picture of us walking in unity, which is what the whole thing yesterday was about, was about us walking in unity with the body of Christ. Because we are the body. And you need your arm and you need your leg, but your arm and your leg do separate things. Your liver does something else, but you still got to have the liver. And so we all are different parts of the body, as Charles was talking about. But we all function as the body. The body. And we are a piece of the body. And, and whatever piece of the body we are, we are the piece that does warfare. <laughs> we are the piece that pulls down strongholds. We are that piece. And there's others around that are a different piece. There's eyes. You've got to have seers. Thank God that he's given us some of all of it to be in this body. Hallelujah. But we take above all taking that shield of faith, which we'll be able to quench the fiery darts. Y'all know that those fiery darts are fiery missiles and arrows. Missiles and arrows that he is shooting at us. And if we don't equip ourselves with the word, it's going to take us down. It will take us down, and I will be a puddle of goo on the floor needing something. I need help. But we, we gird ourselves up with the truth. We study the Word of God. We get the Word of God on the inside of us. We need to develop a love for the Word of God because this is Jesus. This is Jesus, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, the Word. So I have to pull that Word in me. Amen? i got to pull the Word of God in me. And whenever I do that, when I get myself all girded up with this truth and, and I'm prepared and I take on that helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And that Word right there is rhema. That's the spoken Word of God. I take that, and honey, there ain't no devil in hell that's going to stop me. There ain't no devil that's going to pull me down into no pit of anything. When I got that rhema word of God, amen, that's what we stand on. And then we take and we pray always with all prayer and supplication, praying in the Spirit, being watchful. For what's going on. That's how, we, that's how we gird ourselves and put on that armor. That's how I follow him and become everything that he's wanting me to be. Everything that he has equipped me to be. That's how we do it. Amen? That right there is how we do it. So I thank you, Father. I thank you that when we come to you on Sunday mornings, God, you equip us to go out into the world, go out into the marketplace, go out into my job, go out into the doctor's office, wherever it is that I'm going. And you have equipped me to be what you want me to be out there. And when I come back in here, we worship you corporately. We worship you, and you move amongst us, and you do all kind of things amongst us, and you heal us, and you equip us to go back out 
into the marketplace. Hallelujah. And like I told you, when we get to where we know who we are, there is no way that we're not going to be bringing others in. There's just no way. Because we want people to experience what we experience. People out there are hurting. The devil has ripped them apart. He's tearing their lives up. And we have the answer. But we've got to be willing to give the answer. We've got, to be, we've got to know that I hear it. We've got to know that it is on the inside of me. And that if I'll just allow him, he'll use me. He'll do something with me. Thank you again for tuning in with us. If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed in Jesus' name.